0: Let's pray. Our Father, thank you for your mercy to us and for your love for us. Speak to us out of that. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 15. Then all the tax collectors, verse 1. And the sinners drew near him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, What's their complaint? And my subject is Jesus is guilty. You ought to say, Thank God. Jesus is guilty of hobnobbing with the wrong folk. Yes, yes, yes. Oh, and if you don't know it, you're the wrong folk. <laughs> Maybe that's why you're not responding. You think you're the other folk. You're the wrong folk. Yeah. 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 As usual, any portion of scripture is set up by scripture that comes before. And it all starts actually in Luke 14 go oh, there and in Luke 14 15 through 24 there is this story by Jesus of the man who plans the supper and he can't get any of his friends or elite or family guests to come and so in frustration he says to a servant uh, verse 21. Um, different excuses are made by different people. So the so the servants uh, came, servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to a servant, "Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city. Some said, some Bibles say the highways and byways. We'd like to say that. Bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind." there is a contrast, listen to me, there's a contrast set up in Luke 14 between those that Christ originally invited and those that ultimately come. Okay? There is a parallel therefore in chapter 15 between the scribes and Pharisees who complain and the publicans and sinners who come to the dinner. You see it? Is everybody with me? So he's following through in Luke 15 with the rest of the story on Luke 14. The scribes and Pharisees in Luke 14, they kind of know they're being punched at. They know they're the people originally invited and don't come. And they know that these people that go out come in from the highways and byways, are the publicans and sinners. Therefore, by the time you get to chapter 15, they complain. Your problem is, you spend time with the wrong people, Jesus. Publicans and sinners. The Greek says, publicans and low livers people from the bottom of the barrel now I have been preaching Luke 15 incorrectly for years God has blessed the sermons because he knew I was innocent in my ignorance as several good sermons on Luke 15 thank you Lord for your mercy and grace but I didn't get it finally in my closing two sermons get it because Marley I have always preached this parable in Luke 15 from the standpoint that the sheep and the coin and the Sun and the son, are the publicans and sinners nope And you know, you can read the Bible and 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 read the Bible Bible because we're so dumb. We're just so dumb. We just don't, we don't, because we go, we go cheating, we go to the Bible with our minds made up, think we have it. I've had some great Luke 15 sermons. I mean, they've been good sermons. You should have heard some of them. but i didn't get it and the past 2 weeks i got it because because it's right in front of me jesus responds oh help me lord thank you for loving me jesus responds to their accusation not by telling parables about the publicans and the sinners and the low livers He responds by telling four parables about them, the scribes and Pharisees. The four parables are about people in the church. Marley's nodding, Marley's got it. You see it, Derek? How do I know that? Because the sheep was in the fold. Ha! How come I couldn't see that, Trevor? He's in the fold, and the coin is lost in the house. Oh, Mike's got it now. And the son comes from the father's house, and the last son stays in the father's house. All four parables are about sorry people in the church. And it gives a whole new light to the parables, because in response to their haughty, arrogant accusation that Jesus dare spend time with low lowlifes. Jesus says, let me to, because he says, the Bible says, and he spake these parables unto them. And I, the, it's right there in the Greek, Sheila. He spake these two parables, but the word is not to, it's for. For them. He spake the parables for them. Oh shoot, somebody say amen. For them. He's telling them, you are the lost sheep. You, with your haughty attitude, are the lost coin. You, with your arrogance, are the son we call prodigal. And you, with your stuffed up attitude about your righteousness, are the son who stays home and will not even call his brother a brother. Now, now, no now, now that the Lord has opened my eyes and truth shines in my brain I'm to spend two weeks on this thing now, 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 now. let's first avondale deal with the various sections of the chapter there's some similarities you must have or you can't understand the chapter first of all there are two sets of twos. The lost sheep knows he's lost. Doesn't he? He's just too dumb to find his way back home. Are you with me? And so the shepherd has to go get him. Now we'll come back and deal with that next week. The prodigal son is lost and also knows he's lost. Right? But he knows his own way back home. So the father waits on him. The coin is lost, does not know it's lost, has no feelings about being lost. He's just laying in the dirt. The problem is calm down Henry, the problem is he's lost in the dirt in the house. So there's some people in the church sitting in dirt while they're sitting in the pew and don't know they're sitting in dirt while they're sitting in the pew. They're not trying to get better. But thank God, there is a woman with a light. I believe it's Jesus who while I'm preaching on Sabbath carries the light of reality through these pews and shines it on that coin. So, we have two things, sheep and prodigal son, lost, know they're lost. We have two things, coin and the elder brother, who stays home, who's also lost, and doesn't know he's lost. Only the father knows he's lost. Because he says to him, why don't you come in? Here's one thing. Here's here's one thing about that older son. That elder son that really, really bothers me. He thinks that the good works he has done means he deserves a party. So I've been telling you for three and a half years, the most dangerous thing about being in the church is being in the church. because some have decided that being in the church is a comfort zone for salvation. The church is full of people in the church who do not know Christ. They know how to deacon, they know how to elder, they know how to count money, know how to sing in the choir, they know how to usher, but they do not know Christ. Because when you look at these four parables hotly, they're all about how people in the church treat one another. Let's go back to that 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 that, that sheep. You remember the sheep? Do you remember the sheep? He left the fold. Remember that? Now 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 he gets out there. Wanders, having himself a good time, and gets a hold of some grass. Some people are listening to me. yeah, And and, and winds up laying on his back with his his heels uh, kicking up in the air. So you thought high on grass was something new, but this sheep! ah, (laughs) He's the first person high on grass. And now he's so blinded, he's so blinded by what has happened, he not only does not know how to find his way back, he couldn't find his way back if he tried. But here's what I'm getting to, what I'm getting to. Why, why is the fold not concerned? Why is that shepherd out there by himself? Should only the pastor visit? Should only the pastor give Bible studies? Are you listening to me? The fold is all caught up in their fold nests. Saved in church, baptized Seventh the Adventist, name on the roll, squat doesn't mean squat. Because the only thing that Jesus cares about in the church is not our list of accomplishments, but our relationship to Him and to one another. There's a reason why in the first parable that Jesus picks up that sheep, puts that sheep on his shoulder. He knows if he comes back with the sheep, dragging it by a rope, the fold will say, see, that's exactly what I thought. He had no business out there. Now he's in trouble. But he puts the sheep on his shoulders, when he comes over the hill, the foe can't say nothing because Jesus is carrying the sheep that went astray. Every time somebody in this church, every time somebody in this church goes astray, all of us ought to fall down on our knees, cry unto God and tell that son that daughter comes back if your son goes astray your daughter goes astray from this church it's not your son it's not your daughter it's our son our daughter are you listening to me If some couple in this church gets in trouble, their marriage falls apart. It's not their marriage that fell apart; it's all of our marriage that fell apart. Because as long as one person is broken, all of us are broken. So there is a there. There's an attitude being revealed here: two sets of two, two things lost. Know they're lost. One's too dumb to get back, the other Jesus waits on. And then two things lost, don't know they're lost. It's very moving because the coin Jesus sweeps, holds the light. With the sun, wow. With that second sun, read it, Jesus leaves the party. Now, where's the party taking place? In the house. So Jesus leaves the party, or Jesus goes outside the church and stands out there and pleads with the sorry church member who won't go in and celebrate a sinner's return. Now, let's build on this a bit more. Church members. Why would he spend a whole chapter telling stories about church members? Uh, Now, here's, here's what you need to be thinking about. He does not spend any time in these parables Really, talking about the publicans and sinners. See, they came to the party. Are you with me? Yes. Now, this is gonna, this is gonna kind of bother you, but I'm gonna say it. See, they don't, just listen what I'm gonna say before you get all your your, your righteousness gets all reared up. There are people. Outside the church, whose hearts are more ready to receive Jesus than people who are in the church. I don't know what it is about religion that corrupts us. Religion corrupts many people. And we've yet to learn, hear me, listen to you. even even if you disagree with me, just listen to me. Just Even if you disagree with me, just listen to me for a few minutes. The purpose of the church was never to build up in you a sense of self-credit. And, and here's the thing, uh, Gina, good to see you, here's the thing, Ellen White said it to us, Gina, he said it, he said, she, she said, she wrote, the closer we get to Christ, the more unacceptable we become in our own eyes. She wrote that, and we'd like to quote her but do you understand what she's saying? She's saying that the longer you're in the church, the less you should think of yourself. Did you hear what I just said? We do just the opposite, Vicki. We think the longer we're in the church, the more holy we are. But you see, you see, my dear precious people, the church's purpose is to bring you so close to Christ that you no longer have any good thing to say about yourself. In fact, the closer you get, the more you realize that your salvation is an absolute miracle. The closer you get to Christ, the longer you're in the church, Trevor, then the more you ought to be a person who rejoices at the publicans and sinners because now you realize you also are a publican and sinner. You just carried the name Seventh-day Adventist. There is an increased humility and submission that should possess the person. See, you see, in fact, in fact, in fact, the folk who've been in the church the longest should be the humblest. the the sweetest, the most caring, the most forgiving. Why? Because when you've been in the church for 80 years, that's 80 years worth of God forgiving you. And you ought to be so thankful. You have no time to wear any kind of chip on your shoulder because you recognize that your salvation is, I will say it again, a miracle. That's the issue that Jesus had with that son who stayed home. And he stayed home so long, he actually thought he possessed the church, that the farm couldn't make it without him. And he has the nerve to say to his daddy, all these years have I served you. And you never gave me a kid to have a party. All these years I served Tacoma Park Church. I don't have a plaque. <laughs> I don't have a recognition dinner. I don't. Ho- Are you listening to me? All these years I've been in this church, and nobody's ever called me up front and patted me on the back. If that's why you were here, leave. Spare the church your ego. Yes, yes. Mm. And he was so caught up in himself. He was so caught up in himself, oddly, that the servants, he he comes to the house. Say, number one, number, number, number one. Got to calm down here. Number one. He leaves his daddy up on that roof every day looking for the brother. He never once goes up to see if his brother's coming back. So he's gotten so absorbed, Angie, and what he's doing, his brother gets back home. He don't even know it. So he comes in out of the field and he says, what's going on? The sermon says, your brother's back. Now, look at the passage. Look at the passage. And I'm almost done. See, I'm just giving you tidbits today. I really preach on it two weeks from now. <laughs> look at this, look at this. Uh, now, now, verse 25. Now, the elder son was in the field. As he came and drew near the house, he heard music and dancing. You know, nothing. He ain't, he ain't been praying for the guy to come back. He says, Brother! Totally caught off guard. Little tidbit. The tower of the church would be so involved in bringing back to these pews, those who used to be here, we should always be looking for them. You didn't get that. So, 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 verse, verse, verse 26. So he called one of the servants and says, what do these things mean? He better be glad I wasn't one of the servants. Dummy, your brother's back. We having a party. He said to him, your brother has come. That's you know, that's a servant. Talk like a servant. Your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father has killed the fatted calf. Now watch. What's the next? What do you see in verse 28? Somebody tell me what you see in verse 28. The Greek does not say angry. The Greek says he pitched a fit. Here's the reason why sometimes we don't rejoice. See, when they left the church, We said, every every Adventist in the church is a little Ellen White, you know. He said, we say, no, he ain't never going to come back. Or we say, I knew knew he wasn't right. So when they come back, they prove us wrong, don't they? So we can't rejoice. But if we are caught up in the spirit and mission of Jesus, our hearts have been aching from the time they left. We've had no peace since they left. There are way too many parents in this church, older folk between 60 and 70 in this church, whose children who grew up in this church are not in this church. And Tacoma Park ought to be upset about that. Where are all the young people that grew up in this church? Where are they? Talk about a prayer ministry. There ought to be a prayer ministry going on in this church every Sabbath, pleading for God to bring our children back into the church. (laughs) Pleading. Pleading with God and then preparing for them, knowing that if we pray, God will bring them back. And if you sitting here today have young folk that grew up in this church, they're no longer here. Wear out your knees. Why? The God we serve always hears a mother and father's prayer for their children. Do not give up as long as their breath in their body. God can save them. Never stop praying for your children. I watched my precious wife come up to the altar all during the years with CPC, praying for our second son, praying for our second son, fought in that war over that crazy, all wars are crazy, that crazy war over in the Gulf came back all jaded and messed up, emotionally out of skew because of all the shooting and killing that he experienced and battling with things that he was not reared to do. But my wife, every time the prayer was offered, she was down on her knees at home and here. And there was that Sabbath when he came back. (laughs) Don't tell me what God won't do. And the God we serve has such beautiful timing brought him back. Brought him back in brought him back in September, put him to sleep in October. He now waits on the first resurrection. Do not tell me what God can do, but you gotta make it your priority. It's gotta be it's gotta be more than theory. Because the essence of these four parables is how we treat one another. So there are these two twos. The prodigal son, that's the story we know the best. He's an idiot. No, wait a minute, wait a minute. He, he's an idiot. Charlene, he's... He's at home with his father. His father is fat with wealth. Brother's got his own bedroom. Come on now. His own PC. Come on now. His father's buying him the latest phone when it comes out. Am I right about it? Well, he's driving an Audi. Now they ate. Oh yeah, oh yeah. The brother's laid. And he has the nerve to say to his daddy one day, look, <clears throat> I want out of here. Well, Father, you know, he, again, he might be glad it wasn't me. See, so I remember one time I said to my dad, "I was, I was, I was, I was, I was 18. that I'm, I, I'm out of here." Dad's response was, "Can I help you? <laughs> when are we packing?" We know because you studied this, so I'm not telling you anything. You you know, you studied this parable, so you know, you know that when the guy asked for his stuff, he was actually asking for his father to die because the inheritance was not his until his father died, right? He's basically saying, I wish you were dead. But that's not the part I want to preach on. He's an idiot. The father is okay. Gives it to him. Now, Here's proof that he has no sense. You, see, you 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 wish that the parable was longer when you get to him, because it says, verse thirteen. After asking for his stuff, he's an idiot. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and journeyed to a far country. Now, you'd list there would be at least three or four verses after that, but the next phrase says, and wasted. So he journeyed and he wasted. There's no break, oddly. He just journeyed and then he wasted. It was, the idea is there wasn't one day that he acted like he had any sense. He got there and he wasted. <laughs> Do you see it? There's no break. The story of the prodigal son is not about some bad boy. about a person in the church who's never, ever valued what Jesus provides. Who were you? Who are you that you should know the seven days of the Sabbath and your neighbor doesn't? What makes you so special? that God delivered unto you the health message that certain things should not be eaten and your boss knows nothing. Who are you that God would let you know that if you take 10% of your money and faithfully give it to him, that life will be much better than if you had 100% of your money and gave nothing to him? How? What makes you so special that you have that information and the person you went to school with does not have it? How? Why are you so special? Have you ever thought about the fact that the Lord could have left you ignorant? How dare you have the treasures from the Father's house and waste them? Health message, have to keep it. Sabbath, miss as many services as you go to. Give that, no offering. Which means you're still a robber. You see the lotly? They didn't say amen. They said, mm. That was a painful word from the pastor. Folk, there is a liability incumbent upon you for having the truth. It's a great responsibility, Kevin and Charity, to have the truth. God expects a different attitude. He expects changes. And that's the reason why this rascal wound up smelling like a pig. So these stories are stories about who? the church. Not one parable is about a publican or a sinner. It's about folks in the fold, folks in the house, folks used to live in the house, and folks who stayed in the house. Somebody here is a sheep. Somebody here is a coin. Somebody here is a foolish Seventh-day Adventist who thinks you have a right to take God's assets and spend them the way you want. And somebody here is an arrogant, upstart, self-righteous person who thinks you have the right to decide whom God celebrates. Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy. We have to go home now and do some homework. Because the parables of the four lost things are about four lost church members. Not four lost publicans and sinners, four lost church members, people from the fold, people who live in the house. Lord, help us. Sobering. Ah, but uplifting. Because it says to me that even once we come into the church, you never stop the salvation process. You know that coming into the church is just a start. Being saved in the church is the finish. Thank you, Lord, that you are guilty Surely, surely guilty. Amen.